This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Front Porch Radio in Columbia, Tennessee, 101.7 WKOM. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, 
there's always one nearby. Quickwire Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Great day to you and yours. It's an incredible day to be alive and well. We've got uh, the great Watson Brown coming up here momentarily. I cannot wait to unpack uh, Nico's performance with him and also the other stuff going on in uh, major college football. Of course, as the world turns, Tennessee gets one, adds one, uh, loses one, gets one last night. Uh, I would make the trade. Uh, Brew McCoy for uh, Judy Lolly if you... uh, have me trade that, but you know, in the blog today, I was um, giving kudos to Austin Price over at VolQuest, who kind of cut a promo on the coaching staff for that. Judy Lolly guy was like in that game when they're up twenty-eight. Not, I mean, what are you doing? Why are they playing those veteran guys when they had those kids and they got to get this? I don't know. Anyway, so um, Brew McCoy's coming back. It's a great day to be alive and well. We've all had a couple days to reflect on exactly what we saw a few days ago. And the reality is setting in, the reality is setting in that Tennessee's got one of these special quarterbacks. And when you've got one of these guys, you've got a chance. Also, the basketball uh, team got was in action last night, got a W. Alex Myers and, and Bride did a great job on the post game last night. And so we will uh, get into that as well. Um, it is a Wednesday, which means Dr. Sean Sinclair's in the house with us today. And uh, Sean, hope you're well. Buenos dias to you. We're looking forward to uh, breaking it down scientifically today, man. It's going to be a fun off season around here. Yes, Tony, almost Buenos tardes. Um, uh, thanks for having me. And yeah, I mean it's exciting. I know we talked after the game briefly and on the. On the post game show, and a lot of excitement. I, I think it's interesting that, um, uh, and I and, and I mean this in a great way that uh, outlets other than this one right now are starting to chime in on some of the areas of improvement. Uh, and I don't, you know, it's um, with you know, there are certain th- yourself, uh, the people at Volquest, there are certain voices that. You know, people take uh, more seriously than others, like, like myself. Um, meaning, those voices are louder and, and more influential than mine. Uh, but it's good that that um, the people are, are doing that. Also, just re- to add to your list, uh, Tank McCullough has announced that he's moving on, uh, declaring for the draft, and so it's been a complete whitewash of that DB room. Um, but. Um, Good things are coming in the future, I believe. Yeah, and the significance of Brew McCoy returning is pretty strong. They've got the kid from Temple on campus today. 
obviously you'd like to get involved with a defensive back from um, NC State and whatever else occurs. But uh, Tennessee continues to add. And, again, the advantage the Vols have, the advantage that the Vols have for um, this um, for this this window here is that their classes start a lot later than a lot of Southeastern Conference brethren. A lot of the Southeastern Conference brethren uh, don't have um, the luxury Tennessee will have, which is a two extended weeks. So more and more guys are going into the portal. More, there are going to be guys off these playoff teams that are going to go into that portal. A kid out of LSU, uh, a great offensive lineman just went into the portal. So it's very interesting. It is very interesting. Would, um, are they done receiver shopping, or should they consider Dante Cephas? You, you, you ask. You tell me. You're telling the story. I mean, it's it's all open to opinion here. Sean, would you stop at receiver right now? Or are you gonna go get another one? Because I, I think Nico's a very how do we, how do you put this? I think Nico changes the equation because he's so unique. And you almost want to do what Washington did. Washington went out and got four excellent receivers to go around uh, that quarterback and look at where they are. Yeah, it is kind of like uh, the Chiefs did with Pat Mahomes. Yep. Uh, I don't. I don't think they. Uh, being a Chief fan, I I never thought he would have uh, this kind of success. Kansas City has not had the success in my lifetime um, until he got there. And so, you know, and they're paying the price a little bit because they had to pay him. And they they may not do much in the playoffs this year. And their their window may be closed, but two two Super Bowl wins are good. Yes, uh, to answer your question, I think in this day and time, um, I think Coach Heupel has some, he has some tough decisions. And uh, one of those, you know, we've been talking about Martinez and we've been talking about Banks. Well, Frankly, any employee is going to protect their own job. And I understand that because I've been an employee before. And so it's not in Willie Martinez's best interest for that given year uh, to play young guys and expose himself. So um, getting rid of Martinez, getting rid of Banks really is not the issue in my opinion. If those guys are quality coaches, then it's up to Heupel to go to them and say, hey, I want these young guys playing. I want these young guys playing now. I don't like the technique you're running. I want this to be taught. If you can do it, great. If you can't do it, I'll find somebody else. I need you guys to hit the recruiting. You guys are not closing hard enough or well enough for us to become a perennial playoff team. The position needs to be one that gets top-of-the-line talent in here, um, still keeping your culture, etc. If you can't do that, I understand we're going to move on. Uh, because I think Josh Heupel is like a lot of great leaders that are they willing to <clears throat> are they willing to hurt feelings? Are they willing to lose friendships? Are they willing to cut ties with players? Uh, is he willing to not be a pleasing type person? Is he okay with uh, the results of you know letting coaches and, and techniques bring him down a little bit? Uh, 
most most leaders, including myself, are. We are okay with sacrificing because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. I hate to admit that, but it's true. And you see so many coaches that will not go for excellence. Instead, they will keep friendships. Uh, they won't burn bridges, et cetera. So to answer your question, long, long worded there, I use every opportunity I can to upgrade my roster, my staff, et cetera, because the guy you were counting on uh, could leave tomorrow. So it's interesting, right? Um, Woody Woodenhofer told me one time, the old Vanderbilt coach, who had those great chess matches with Peyton Manning back in the day in the 90s. I was talking, he, he was a USFL coach, so we were, he knew I loved that league and thought that was really strange. But we had, we used to sit, up, sit off to the side in that conversation. I talked to him one time. I said, what, inv- I mean, Woody, now that you've been through this, he's kind of an older guy at that point. I said, what, what would, you, what advice would you give a young kid starting a coaching? He said, listen, man, when you get your first head coaching job, can't hire your friends. And if you can't hire your friend, if you hire your friends, you can't keep your friends as you go up the deal. He said, your friends will get you fired. You know, um, Matt made a point about our secondary yesterday, Sean. I fought this for a long time on here because I used to say, well, they don't have the uh, talent. And the ability. first couple of years, those guys were here, giving Banks and Martinez a break. When you've got those young kids back there and you're playing that Iowa team, why aren't those young kids playing the entire game? Why is that Judy Lolly guy on the field? Why was McCullough on the field? What are those guys doing? I mean, really? Like, and what's the head coach doing? I mean, Austin Price was right to say, what What are you people doing? I mean, what are we doing? You're playing your freshman quarterback. What are these guys? These guys have like a lifetime contract written in blood with these, these guys that can't play? I mean, what were they doing? Anyway, Matt Dixon said on here yesterday, the thing that separates Tennessee and these high-level playoff teams, and I'm just going to put it out there, it's not just the talent on the field it's the approach in that secondary the rest i'm watching michigan the other day they took all of alabama's long balls away all of them they're all looking at the football when it's in the air just like they do in the nfl they're all looking at the ball our guys could all have nil deals deals rather on the back of their helmets all of them and you'd get so much exposure you would get so much exposure. And I think that's an interesting point Matt brings up. Matt Matt comes with some astute stuff. And he, he says, you know, to me, that's the biggest difference, watching Tennessee and on, on Saturday or, you know, on Monday and, and watching those playoff games. It's like two different worlds. And it's our approach, Sean. It's the weirdest thing. It's our – why? What are they doing? And are they going to get in the 21st century here? But it's, I think it's short-sighted to blame the assistant coaches. I'm not a fan of, of Willie Martinez, never have been. Don't know the man. Uh, apparently, he's a, he's a good at recruiting because uh, he's collecting some very good players, and people are coming, uh, highly sought players are coming out of the portal to play, seemingly play for him. Uh, so I think it's I think it's a waste of time to blame those guys. Um, it all resides, and we can ask Coach Brown this later, it all resides on the head coach. You take a look at John Majors. When things were not going well, he went to a legend in Ken Donahue and just said, enough's enough, and took a running back coach 
and made him the defensive coordinator, changed from a 3-4 to a 4-3 uh, during an open break, and, and then just turned our fortunes around. I'm not here to champion John Majors, but the point being that uh, you know, you've, you've reported through the year that uh, Coach Heupel, you know, goes to his staff and says, "Hey, I'm not strong enough internally to take this kid out and yes. put uh, put another kid in. You need to be my I governor. I don't well, trust myself, no, right? No, mm-hmm. no, well, that's no, that's that, and I love the guy, but that's a sign of weakness. And then when you're when you're you know underling goes to you and says, "Coach, this is what you took. Yeah, but not yet. Well, no." No, that is the self-limiting behavior that's going to keep him from reaching the heights that he and we all want to. Uh, I, I think of this. I I go back to Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods was the best thing and the worst thing for golf, in my opinion. And I think Nick Saban is too. Tiger Woods was, was winning and winning and winning and driving up all of the salaries and all of the money for everybody else on tour. And it got to a point where... People were comfortable becoming multimillionaires because he raised the purses instead of chasing championships. And I think Nick Saban is the same. I think that he has not only run people out, but he's made it so a guy like Josh Heifel, I'm not criticizing him, he makes $9 million a year. That is a hell of a lot of money. And he is winning 8 to 10 games. St. Kurt Ferentz. Well, what... Why, why ruin relationships? Why, why uh, burn bridges? Why hurt feelings? Why cut kids when you're making $9 million and you're extremely comfortable? That extra little effort is what makes Nick Saban Nick Saban, and that's why he's got a bunch of championship. Again, I've freely admitted I do not fall personally into the leadership category of Nick Saban. So, I can only see from afar and, and blame myself, uh, but Coach Heupel has some very, very, very tough uh, inner dialogues that, that he really needs to, to, to take place, or he's going to be, or Tennessee is going to be one of those teams 12 to 15 wondering why we aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, I'll tell you how, how slight the window is, and Watson Brown's going to join us on the other side, but we'll get into this a little later on. The great news is you've got Nico. I mean, that's the great news. And you, the thing is, you've got a guy that the rest of college football, I'm telling you right now, if he went on the open market right now, Ohio State would pay him 3 or $4 million a year. You laugh at that. You go ahead and laugh. But I'm just telling you, that's, that's the way uh, this thing will go. In the Southeastern Conference, okay? This is Southeastern Conference alone. The Vols have the ninth best odds to win the 2024 National Championship. Now, these are people that do this for money. This is like science and whatever else it is. Um, this is real, okay? This league is hard. Georgia's, and that's, that's after Vegas saw Nico. After they saw Nico. Here are the numbers. Georgia's four to one, Bama's five to one, Texas eight to one, LSU fifteen to one, Ole Miss, Mark and Columbus, uh, hold on to your fifteen to one, A uh, and M thirty to one. Even with the turnover and the and and all the talent they've lost, Oklahoma forty to one, where Tennessee is at the end of September, 
Missouri 40 to 1 and the Vols are 50 to 1 according to Vegas. Now, some of those are obviously too high. Tennessee's probably too low. But that just goes to show you that the Southeastern Conference is stacked and packed. Tennessee has the 20th best odds in the country, and that's to win it all. Now, to get to a playoff, those numbers aren't out yet, but the point is, and it's a point well made, that in this league you're probably going to have, what, four playoff teams tops? Georgia, Bama, Texas, LSU all have all have three times at least three times the odds Tennessee does. That's um, it's pretty interesting, and it's food for thought. And, you know, you got a window here. you got a window. So, Brian, to answer your question, if I'm, if I'm them with that wide receiving core, I go get anybody that I think is an upgrade. Just like on, the co- on that coaching staff, if I think there's an upgrade available at defensive coordinator, I go do that. You you have a two year window here to maybe win something, and it and it doesn't grow on trees. That that guy, just like Peyton Manning back in the day, that guy should attract top level, top flight talent on both sides of the ball, both sides of the ball. Linebackers, people should want to come here. You look, the Chiefs have Mahomes, but they have a salary cap. Tennessee doesn't have a salary cap. Last time I checked, they don't. Now, I don't know, do they? We've been waiting to win here for three decades. We haven't been to an SEC championship game since I don't know when. We haven't won the thing since 98. I mean, geez. Let's take a brief timeout. Watson Brown joins on the other side. It's Wednesdays with Watson. It comes your way. The future is bright, my friends. How bright? How bright? It's going to be really, really, really fun here to watch this thing unfold and extremely interesting at the same time after this. This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler Dodge Jeep or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. 
Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Hi, it's Terry from Tillis Jewelry. Our customers know us for our one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. And this year, we've outdone ourselves with the TJ Collection Christmas Edition. Feast your eyes on the deco line, featuring a modern twist on the lovely art deco style. You won't be disappointed. We guarantee you'll love everything about the TJ Christmas Edition. Stop by Tillis Jewelry on Columbia Square, where the best surprises come in small, beautifully wrapped packages. Happy holidays from Tillis Jewelry. The generations that have paved the way for us deserve respect, integrity, and compassion. This is Kelly Dobson, owner of Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. My grandmother and mother started this business in 2005, and I was honored to take over in 2012. Licensed and insured, we help our aging community stay in the comfort of their own homes. Online at caringheartshomehealthcarellc.com, by phone 931-381-5470, or in person at 1121 Trawood Avenue here in Columbia. That's Caring Hearts Home Healthcare. Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. You bow your head when you say his name, ladies and germs. And I mean to tell you germs. I'm talking like germs right now in East Tennessee because they're everywhere. Um, The great Watson Brown on our TLD Logistics hotline online at tldlogistics.com. And I'm literally over here in the Rainmere studio bowing my head as I speak. Bow your head when you say thy name. 
Watson Brown, que pasa, amigo, to you. Happy New Year to you. And uh, my resolution, my brother, is to spend more time with you on the air this year. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. Happy New Year to you guys. A blessed New Year. Blessed New Year, man. Let's all have a blessed 2024. Uh, you get up, I'll be uh, 74 here in just a month or two. God bless you. And uh, then you start really looking back and you learn what's important there, Tony, and it's family and close friends, man. The rest of it takes care of itself, but... Man, don't don't ever lose sight of your family and your close friends. You know, it's so great to draw on your reservoir of knowledge. And we get so much so many great compliments on our segment with you. Last couple weeks as a lead up to this Iowa game, you you thought that this was going to be a good opponent for Nico to yeah. jump off with. Now, yeah. They, they did some things that they hadn't done all year. They decided to add a little blitz package to their deal when it got when they got in the third and long, and they got home a few times. We'll drill down on a bunch of stuff we saw. Sean's got some questions. Bry does, and I do. But let's, um, let's start here. Can you assess for me? Can you assess for me? Thank you, buddy. Can you assess Nico's play uh, for me from your perspective, what you saw from him? Oh, absolutely. I, first, I'd say everybody take a deep breath and, and don't put so much pressure on him and that he's going to be the wizard of the world. I mean, give him some time. I saw great potential. I saw potential. I did. I see, I see him make plays with his legs. I see him make plays with his arm. I see him make plays with his head. Uh, so I see that. I see two things that are right now negatives but they're very fixable and the first one is experience they did exactly what i thought they'd do with him they kept him within the chains they, when he got into third and long he looked inexperienced at times and his head was i can just tell his head was bobbing around and he and uh there was different looks he had to deal with in long yardage and and he will get much better at that just playing. And all the work he's going to do, Tony, in the offseason, you can't imagine. He'll be by himself. Somebody, he's going to have somebody with him all the time. I mean, he's going to be in film rooms with people. He's going to be on boards with people. Uh, he's going to be in the weight room with people. Uh, he's going to be out on the field with receivers, and there will be people around him talking to him and coaching him experience will come so that's one the second thing is he's got to get bigger and stronger he's got to get bigger and stronger the sec adding an oklahoma to that schedule in the sec and and uh, what you play in a physical nc state next year that's going to be nine good football games and he needs to be bigger and stronger to handle all that not just the injury but just soreness and uh, just protection as much as anything. So everything's there. Um, I didn't see anything that is not correctable and honestly very correctable. Getting in the weight room this offseason and getting him on a great offseason program and he gains about 10 to 15 pounds and gets a whole lot stronger, I'll bet you uh, he will look different by Chattanooga game of next year than he looked leaving the field 
um, this year. So it's it's all there. It's but just take a deep breath and give him time, and let's don't put too much pressure on him here too quick. You know, it's um, I hear what you're saying because you know the narrative. You, you you didn't even listen to what we're doing here. You knew what we were doing post game. You knew what guys like me are doing. No, I'm, I'm calling this guy that. a generational talent. Yeah, uh, I'm saying that Tennessee right now with him has a two-year window to do terrific things. And to people like me, people that are in your position are always going to say, pump the brakes, let it happen. But Watson, it's so hard because there's not a coach in America. If you said one year with my guy, like the guy at Texas, or two years with this guy that wouldn't trade People would make that this guy right here is got a chance to be as top end as there is in, in this in this game, doesn't he? Yeah, but I'm I'm saying pump the brakes on making it happen too quick. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying pump the brakes on potential whatsoever. Yeah. I'm saying pump the brakes on. Let's give him a little time. Um, yeah. They're smart with their schedule next year. They, I think they play in that opening week before they got to go to Charlotte and play NC State, who will be a very good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, but that won't be a away game. There will be more people from Knoxville, there, Tennessee there, mm-hmm. than there will be NC State. That Oklahoma um, deals the test. Uh, let me, let then, me throw – yeah, that's going to be wild. you've got yeah. Oklahoma, Florida, yeah. Alabama, I think. Here it comes. Kentucky, all that in a row. Yeah. Once in, so just pump the brakes a little, but – the other thing is, it's been exciting to watch him play the other day. Everybody watched it, but nobody will watch that game after a little bit if they didn't want to watch him because it was awful. I mean, Iowa didn't even come close to offensively even doing what they've done in the past. They were awful. <laughs> uh, but it, it went exactly like we said it would, Tony. We talked this last week. I yeah. said this is a perfect, perfect game, game for, for Tennessee. Yeah. And it was. He didn't have to do much in this game. He threw... Little fake the ball, threw some slants and hooks. That's basically what he threw. Mm -hmm. And he threw little bubbles to the receivers on the outside. He made a couple of nice runs. And it got in third and long. They were protective on some of the stuff, and then some they let him go, and it it wasn't great when they they did, uh, other than a couple of scrambles here and there. Um, They were able to do exactly what I thought, protect him, don't put him in bad situations in this game. Iowa did not give him many looks. Matter of fact, they never gotten any stacked wide stacked alignments or anything like that in the game. The reason they didn't is because it's not a man team. This is a zone team. So you get out there in those stacks so you can pick somebody clean and man coverage. They knew they're getting all quarter zone looks and and so they didn't have to get in the wide split stacks or any of that kind of stuff. It was really a very simple game plan. And they ran the ball, which is great news for Tennessee for next year. They ran the ball really well, better than I thought they would against that that Iowa defense. So everything's on the upswing. Defense was better in the game. Iowa didn't even come close to trying to take advantage of an inexperienced secondary, which amazed me that you wouldn't just take it and throw it up on the boundaries four or five times. That poor kid. That, that kid looked like... Watson, if you throw a ball thirty yards downfield, he'd hurt his arm, like me in the backyard uh, at a at a, at a family picnic. Mean, yeah, I don't mean mean to be ugly because I'm not that way very often. But but jeez, man, poor kid, he looked like a nose guard. But, <laughs> Watson, I mean, he did, and I don't mean that. No, no, no. I I have that effect on people, Watson. I, I just I have I, I 
we we turn I, people I, I, ugly I, I, around here. I got to where I was feeling sorry for him as that game went on. I mean, he had no chance to make any plays. Tennessee yeah. is much more athletic than Iowa is up front, much more. Yes. They couldn't protect him. And then when they couldn't protect him, he sure couldn't make any plays. And, uh, hey, Watson, and I got so, to, I was feeling sorry for Iowa fans that went, and I was feeling for Tennessee, sorry for Tennessee fans that went because you, everybody wants to see a little competition, you know, like, um, let me let me throw let's scroll down here on the game now, okay? Because okay. we we watch these things and we're trying to go. Okay, one of the criticisms of him after the game was Nico um, holding the ball too much, uh, third and long holding the ball, and I'm going. Well, you know, you talk about the running backs. One of our backs, the Sampson kid, blocking's optional. He let a middle linebacker come unencumbered twice. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Talk to me about. How many of those sacks that you saw were on the quarterback, and how many of them were on a what was a patchwork offensive line for the Vols? Because it didn't look like you had a lot of time on third and long to me. But you, you give me your assessment. No, I, I would agree. I, I would say maybe a couple of the third and longs. I thought he should have let it go, even if you're throwing it away. Just let it go. Get get it out of there and protect yourself. Play for the next series and. And uh, that, what is that? That's experience. That's not talent. That's experience. You've got to experience that. I'm, I, Tony, as a quarterback, when the game is still fast to you, and to me it wasn't fast to him except in long yardage, the game was still fast to him, there's a point where he's going to feel like he's doing the Tennessee waltz, and the game's going to slow down, and now he'll eat you alive. And... um Look at the kid from Washington when mm-hmm. pressure's on him, how he handles it. Nico will handle it the same way in a year. and uh, But he wasn't ready for that because of just the experience. You can't just walk out there and do those things. I don't care if you're Superman. You cannot. Playing quarterback, there's a lot to get used to doing. And no, more than any position on the field, it's different and it can't be, you can't be good at it till you've done it, till you've got experience at it. And, uh, that's just the way it is. You used to could play young quarterbacks and get away with them because you didn't put the ball in the quarterback's hands like you do in today's world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's why they, I, I've just always had so much, uh, respect for Josh. Um, starting last year on the way he handled, uh, two years ago, on the way he handled Hendon Hooker. I mean, when he decided he got to go with him, and Milton was hurt or wasn't getting it done, whatever you want to say, and he went with him, and he did exactly what I would have done. Not that I got all the answers, but he slowed down with him. He did not put him in bad situations early, and it grew a little bit as that year went on, and then the next year he let him go, and he had an unbelievable best, best year of any quarterback in the country. Uh, so Josh is good at that. He did the exact same thing with Nico the other day, and he will start the year next year the same way. He will protect him a little early, but by the time you get to Norman, he's going to have to let him go, and he knows that. He's got to have him ready when he heads to Norman. Wow. So there was a little too much ball holding. Is that kind of the deal? A couple, but no. Overall, I thought it was more protection than holding. But there were a few. And there's going to be. It did not surprise me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's not just holding it. I could see his head. The fastball looked. His head was jumpy. 
he was looking everywhere instead of focused on exactly where he needs to be by coverage. Well, you haven't seen different coverages, okay? This time it's this. I know I'm supposed to go here. Or this time it's this. I'm supposed to go here. And I thought he was jumpy with his eyes, and um, which means he's, he was a little maybe confused just a tad with the coverages. But, Tony, that's if he didn't do that, I'd have been shocked. I mean, gracious sakes. This is this is a kid that hasn't played yet, and uh, but I saw nothing but great potential, great potential. Now let one of the best at handling quarterbacks get him there, and I think uh, this will be on Josh alone to do that. It's really interesting. You noticed because I was on with you and George two seasons ago. You noticed right away that Hendon Hooker was going to be really special. You noticed it before the LSU game. I kind of thought you were crazy. You were like, yeah, you man, this guy. Me that. <laughs> yeah, you, you said, I don't think you guys, you were talking to me and George, you said, I don't think you guys realize what, what we're about to see from this guy. Do you think Nico has that same high-end ability in this offense? Because the one thing I noticed is, even with his limited grasp of what he's doing right now, and you're only going to get it with seat time is what I like to call it. But um, do you believe that eventually, because they looked like they were going faster already with him. It looked more rhythmic. It looked more natural. Mm-hmm. It looked tempo-wise more like what they wanted to do. Um, do you believe he has the ability to take it to that level? Yeah, maybe more so. He's wow. He has got the feet to... To get loose, just like Hendon, he may not make as dynamic a plays with his feet, but he's going to make a ton of plays with his feet. He's got a, a much higher, quick release. Hendon's was quick. He's shorter. His ball would have to come between people. Nico's going to be able to throw over you a lot of times because of his height. And he's so much more athletic than, than Joe is. I mean, it ain't even close. The fluidness of him, the, the, the gracefulness of him, that Joe is strong and stiff, and uh, this kid is just fluid as he can be. Think of him next year, with an, and he weighs 15 more pounds, and, uh, and then think what he's going to be. When he gets strength with his athleticism yeah. and his throwing ability, uh, and his knowledge grows as much as his strength does. I see nothing, but I'm not sure if you had to put both of them back where they were, with Hendon where he was and now Nico where he is, that I wouldn't put pick Nico even over him for the for the long range future. Uh, and I can tell you that early next year when I watch him some, but I just that's the way I see it right now. But again, I say that in a tempered way. I just don't want everybody to. It's not fair to Nico to put too much on him here quick. Just live with him. And if he throws a bad ball at Chattanooga, take a deep breath and say, well, one down, he'll get rid of that, and we're going to move on from there. Um, and, and just let him grow to it. I think he's going to handle it well. Most quarterbacks I've had, and, and good ones I've had through the years, and I've probably had 10 of them really, really good players, every one of them were tempered with a background, a great family background. This kid's got that. And so he's not going to walk out with a big head. Hendon had that. 
uh, ones I've had, every single one of them had an unbelievable background mm. that got them structured and don't be patting your chest and don't do all this mm-hmm. crap. And you, di- you didn't see Hendon do that stuff. Nope. You didn't see that. Nope. It was it was like he expected it. He didn't have to go around patting his chest and well, you don't see Nico doing that. He'll hop into some players and do that, but he's a he is a uh, under control, poised, not egotistical kid, and I love and yet very very confident and competitive. As I always said, Tony, I'd much rather coach him down as to coach him up, and you'll he'll have to coach him down. Because he's going to think he can make every play, and he'll have to, to, to teach him to control, control. Don't don't try to make every play. And when he got Hendon in that mode, man, did he just take off because Hendon became a a deliverer and a point guard, and that's what Nico's going to do the same thing because that's the way Josh's offense is built. The other thing we got to watch close and get excited about for Tennessee, they got to get some playmakers. They have got to go get playmakers. Uh-oh. we got to have a couple of – McCoy will be back. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys will grow up, but they need another really playmaking wide receiver, maybe two, and something not talked about enough. They need a tight end like they had a couple of years ago. They need a playmaker there that can block and even run the ball on a reverse here or there or, and make plays in space with catching balls and big catches. They need to find that guy, or maybe he's there and he's got to grow up. I don't see him yet, and they need that bad. And they're not fair to Nico if they don't go fix their issues with some playmakers at certain spots. It'd be like wasting food, is what I yeah, said yesterday. They gotta, they gotta and, do that. and in and this area, you can do that. Me. Let me throw something at you, though, that a caller challenged me with yesterday. Okay. He said, Tony, we didn't know that Tillman was Tillman, and we didn't know that Hyatt was Hyatt until Hooker arrived. Which I think is a fair point. In other words, could there be somebody on the current roster? Because I'm I'm on the air saying, look, you, you're Tennessee. You've waited. You've been in the wilderness now for a hundred years, okay? And Moses, you know, you're about to walk into a promise. You got an opportunity here to cross the sea. But the question becomes, um, do I have enough to make it across? You know, can, can I get there? And I want to bolster my offense around this guy as much as possible and give him every weapon and every opportunity. I'm looking at what Washington did. Washington has four, not one, not two, four excellent wide receivers around that transfer quarterback. Four of them. And one of them's a tight end. That's you got it. And 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 so back to where we are, somebody said, well, you know, could that person be on the roster? And then I'm at the point, Watson, where I look at that, and you've been inside these deals, but now it's different. Because these guys have the pressure of the boosters on them. You've got to win now. I'm going to help you pay for all your players. Back in the day, it was let's get this guy 5,000. Let's get, you know, behind the tape, whatever it was. Now it's all out in the open. And it's almost like it's all more compact. And it's just, it's really challenging. How would you play that if you were them? Would you give your guys a look in the spring and see what you had? Or would you just keep adding right now? How would you play that? Oh, I absolutely. I'd add, but I, I, I think they know the ones that can do it. They just haven't yet, and they're going to work hard. It's going, they're going to be working with that guy as much as they are Nico in the off season. And remember, Tony, this offense isn't easy to get down. 
I keep saying that. Young receivers are going to struggle more in this offense than they will others because there's a lot of read on the run at wide receiver. There's two There's two theories in passing the ball. Of course, passing the football, Tony, is is protection, timing, and spacing. That's what passing the ball is, protection, timing, and spacing. And you've got to have all of that. The footwork of the quarterback has to fit depth of the wide receiver routes and all of that stuff for timing and spacing. And, and, but there's two styles. You either let the wide receivers run a route no matter what. The, you're running this route. And then the quarterback, by coverage, takes it to where he knows is best. Or you have your wide receivers and quarterbacks read on the run as you go. If you get this, you run that. If you get this, you do this. That is more of the style that I see uh, Tennessee runs. It's it's the run-and-shoot type theories. And so I'm a firm believer that there's some are going to grow into being really good players by next year that are on that team. I really believe that will happen. I keep waiting on that punt returner to get out there at wide receiver and start making some plays. I keep waiting for Squirrel to make more plays than he makes. And there's a couple of taller ones that I like that I don't know their names, know their numbers. But, no, I'm, I think there's some big-time talent there. I think they're going to grow in this offseason every bit as much as Nico does, and it's kind of neat. You're going to grow them all together now. They've all been there. And I, the one thing I love Nico said after the game, because I always read this stuff, and Nico said, no, I was happy. To sit behind Joe and learn. I wanted to learn this year. Whether I was redshirted or not, that didn't matter to me. I wanted to learn. Man, that turned me on. I said, look out when you've got that kind of structure and you're a, you're thinking like an older, mature kid, not a walk-in freshman. You got something special. And, um, that's what I, that's why I think this kid's going to have it. He's got all the pieces. Just get him bigger and stronger and, and let him grow in experience. We'll bring Sean Sinclair in here now, who uh, we're interfacing with Watson Brown on the heels of what we saw from Nico, which is just literally less than 48 hours old as you hear this. Um, Sean Sinclair, jump in. Welcome in. Coach, I hope the, the best of New Year's for you and your family and uh, look forward to another year of conversing with you. Um, Thanks, Sean. Coach, you, uh, a couple things. Um, I had a chance to, uh, when I was at UT, uh, worked for four years as a student manager uh, for Coach Fo- uh, Coach uh, Majors, and so I, you know, I as an outsider, you know, I I know I knew my role, but uh, nothing important. Uh, but I got to see everything. Yep. And the one thing that I saw, living with those guys, eating with those guys watching them work out, practice meetings, et cetera, from the outside is you can tell everything you need to know about how the team feels about a player by their body language. Um, They can say whatever they want to say in front of the camera. But what I noticed in that game was with Nico. Forget the NIL and all the guys coming back. I think Nico's part of that. But in that game, you saw offensive linemen that got burned running their fannies off to try to protect him. When they made a mistake, they went and Dane Davis a couple times went and grabbed him and pulled him up. You, I know what he was saying. Sorry, man. Um, receivers uh, dropped the ball. 
you could see them immediately, not just dang, but clap and, 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 you know, flinch like, dang, I should have caught that ball. Um, you saw everybody, uh, you saw everybody hurry. That was the most efficient that offense has run all year. And it wasn't even close. It was more like hooker. That, that tells me that everybody was on point with their focus because of that kid. Um, I'd like your thoughts on that. And then the second thing is, whether we just got word that uh, your brother let Gene Chizik go, obviously a successful uh, head coach and a, and a bit well thought of defensive coordinator. I'm sure there were reasons for that. My question to you is: I contend that wasting time um, complaining about our DB coaches it, it, it is just that a waste of time because if the head coach wants something done. He will go and he should be able to go and do it. Meaning, hey, I don't like this technique. I want you to teach something else. If you can't teach it, I'll get someone else that can. Hey, I want the young guys playing. If you can't, if you're not going to play them, you're gone. I'm going to bring someone else in. I'd like your two thoughts on both of those topics. Well, let's start with coach, and then I'll start with my brother. Uh, I can promise you that killed him. Um. To have to do that. He thinks the world of Gene Chizik. He and Gene been together at, at Texas and at, now at North Carolina. And and uh, the business is tough. And your job as the head coach is to make sure your program is the best it can be. And that's why, to me, I just I wish the fan they have every right to say what they want. But just believe in your head coach and let him make the decisions and then back whatever he does. Because he's going to do what he thinks is best for the program, and and it's usually not something with the fan base that causes it. And if it ends up being that, it's probably not going to work anyway. So let the head coach make the calls that he's got to make, and and uh, that's exactly what Josh will do. He'll decide what's best, and and you're dead right, Sean. And let me say this to you: some of my best friends through all my time have been managers for me at different schools I've been at. So it's neat that you did that and and uh, st- talk to many of them still on the phone once every two weeks right now that I've had at Vanderbilt and UAB and Rice. And it's, it's amazing those guys were so important to me because I knew the role they played within the team too. So, uh, But let Josh do what he thinks is best. He's going to. He's sharp. He's He's done a good job up till now. The next step, Sean, is the hardest one to take, man. It's 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 one thing to get to that eight nine area. It's another to get into that top twelve now, as we're going to call it. And that's we'll talk this now for the next fifteen twenty years is trying to get to that that twelve, and then then it's a different season once you get there. And uh, and that's a tough step. And it's to say Tennessee's going to be there. They're going to have a shot, but they're going to have to win some bunch of close games to do that. And coaching will become a piece of it as they they go. Uh, the quarterback situation, to me, on a team, you see it in those Washington kids with their guy. You saw it in the Michigan kids with their guy. When the heat's on, where, where does the eyes go? They go straight to that quarterback. I've always said, Sean, I don't care if your quarterback's a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. He's got to be one of your captains. He's got to be one of your captains. And I don't mean designated captain. I mean behind the scenes, in the locker room, on the field, captain. That everybody's going to turn and say, what do you think? Or turn and, hey, 
get it done for us. We'll protect you here. Get it, get it done for us. And the second thing you said about respect, respect is earned. It's not given. And so that tells me that this whole year with Nico sitting behind Joe, that tells me the thing that he said after the game. It tells me he's sitting there learning, gaining respect, doing what's best, being a leader, even though he's not on the field and playing. And uh, and by the time it's his turn to play, he had that respect. He had gained it. He earned it. You don't get kids. Don't give respect. They don't do that, Matt. I always said as a coach, you can't be a good coach and you can't coach kids if they don't trust you and respect you. Well, it's the same with a quarterback. If your kids don't trust and respect your quarterback, you're going to be missing something and you're not going to make the plays when you got to make it at the, at critical times during the season. Watson, I want to follow up because Sean was asking about, you know, defensive philosophy. You were an offensive coach. And you had guys on the other side of the ball that did what they did. Kind of like Josh. And, and you were an innovator. And, and Josh is sort of an innovator in the same way. And, and you offensive guys love your offense and kind of don't like your defense. And, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. Like I was talking with Comrade Dobler one time, some deal, and I asked him about a defensive lineman. And he said, let me tell you something about those people. And he went in some rigmarole. Anyway, so I guess my point is he was asking, Sean was asking you regarding, because there have been a lot of criticism of Tennessee secondary and the way these guys never look back for the ball. Um, and it's almost as if they, they're taught that. And can a head coach, should a head coach affect that or should he stay out of their way and let those guys do what they do what they're going to do? Where are oh. you on that? Because oh. he, he's saying, look, if you're going to criticize Willie Martinez, you really you need to criticize the head coach because they're playing the way he wants them to play. Is that is that accurate? Absolutely accurate. And I prom- I was <laughs> I didn't call the defenses, but I knew what the heck we're doing. And philosophically, how each coach was coaching something, it was coming from me 100%. And I was an offensive guy. But I know the game, and and I knew the game. And and I knew that I wanted to coordinate the defenses with the offense and how we were going to play philosophically through the year. 100%, if you don't think the head coach is doing that, then you're wrong. I can't imagine a head coach not knowing what one side or the other side of the ball is doing. I have worked for defensive guys. All of all my coordinator times were with defensive coaches. They weren't with offensive coaches. And uh, at, at Jackie Sherrill at Mississippi State, at Dye, um, Gary Gibbs at Oklahoma, uh, everybody, George McIntyre at Vanderbilt, they were all defensive guys when I've been offensive coordinators. What they did is they let me go, but they knew what I was doing. They flat knew what I was doing. I can give a great example. We're playing in the Peach Bowl, and we're preparing, and the offensive line coach was named Rick Trickett, and Rick left and went to Auburn, so we had no offensive line coach. Jackie Sherrill takes over as the offensive line coach. And I said, okay, that's that's good. Well, we're in practice one day, and we're working on this thing, and they're they're bringing four to a side in a blitz, and he doesn't say anything on the field, but he gets me off the field and says, I don't think you're, we're handling this right, this, this four to a side blitz. 
I sit him down. I got on the board. I said, Jackie, here's exactly how we're doing this. And he said, hmm, that's good. That's it. I got it. Now I get it. Now I got to go teach that better. Well, that's what Josh will do. He knows exactly what's going on in that defensive room. And if there's something that needs to be fixed, that's why I was saying let the head coach fix it if it needs to be fixed. You got to trust him and let him go. And as a fan, I, I understand. Say what you want to say. I hope fans keep doing that. That's what makes the game what it is, is fans. And uh, so, yeah, but, but also trust him and let him fix it. I promise you he's got his thumb on that. If I didn't get across that, Sean, I'm sorry, but... No, I promise you, Josh knows exactly what's going on in that defensive room. I know. I think you. I, I just wanted to follow up. Let me ask Brian. Brian Hartman, jump in here. You've got something for Watson Brown. As it's Wednesdays with Watson. Yeah. Go ahead, Brian. It's a couple things. One, once they're not related, but one's about Josh Heupel. The other's about coaching changes. It's interesting how in three bowl games, Josh Heupel, you'd think he'd be more comfortable in a shootout type game that's high scoring, but to Purdue, he lost that type of game. And then the next two ball games were low scoring, grinded out type of affairs that he won easily. Is that uh, something that's a good sign going forward that he can, he's got to win those type of games when you're in the playoffs? And also, I read where Iowa's athletic director and president got involved in the coaching change with the offensive coordinator. There are some times where they might be influenced, but it's usually the head coach's call when it comes to staff members. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, when it gets, Brian, to the point where you're told to do something, look out. Uh-oh. Nine out of ten times, that don't work. You're, you're, you're just buying a year. That's all you're doing. Um, it, it, I, I, I'll give a great example. I'm sitting at Vanderbilt. I'm in my, going into my fifth year. We haven't been very good. We're going up and down the field offensively. We can't stop anybody. So I make major changes in my in my fifth year. I, I let people go that have been with me for years, and I bring in Steve Sloan as the offensive coordinator, and I bring in Doug Matthews as the defensive coordinator. They did a great job, but we weren't ready to win yet. It was, it was a younger team, and we weren't ready to win. That don't always fix your problems. And uh, just let the head coach do it, though. I just uh, – Ever, I've been on staffs where that has happened. Uh, not as a head coach, I've never let one go because somebody told me to. I, I think I'd walk out the door before I'd do that because that's not what I feel in my heart's the right thing to do. Uh, but it happens, and I'd say, Brian, nine times out of ten, it don't work. The second thing about Josh, you grow as a head coach. Uh, we offensive dudes, and he mm-hmm. played quarterback at Oklahoma, successful, got young, and moves up the ladder quick as an offensive guy. Um, we think we can beat the world. And uh, till you realize you can't, <laughs> and and you get hit between the eyes enough times, then you realize, no, we got to win as a team. We can't just win as an offense. And I think I see Josh developing and learning. Today we don't have to be as wide open. Let's play this style. And he can change in the middle of the game if he needs to, but I think that's where he's grown. And I see him get better because, personally, I would have played the game exactly like he played it the other day. I would have played. I think he knew if we get in the twenties, we don't. We we're not going to have to score a ton of points here. Let's don't do anything stupid. Let's take care of the ball. 
make the plays when we can make them, get our points when we can get them, and we will win this game. And that's the way he played it, and it even worked better than I think he thought it would. They didn't even throw a deep ball, to, to your point. And you know he, he wants to do that. Didn't have to. They didn't have he to. He didn't have to the other day. No. He didn't have to. He's running the ball well. He's getting field that's position right. all over the place with turnovers. Uh, he's getting easy points by the defense. I mean, he didn't have to, Tony. And why do it if you don't have to? Play the game out. It, that's what fans, I don't think, understand. Every game is different. And you leave the game and you win it 20 to 10, and they say, well, boy, our offense, I'm not sure. I'm getting concerned here. It was because of the way he called the game. And uh, the next week he may be wide open throwing it 50 times and throwing it deep 30. I mean, every game is different, and good head coaches start the week with, okay, what's the philosophy of the game this week? Every head coach starts the week on Monday. What's the philosophy this week that we want to play to? The great Watson Brown, you're an absolute blessing, my friend. Gentleman and a scholar. National championship game Monday night when we talk. Uh, next week, who holds the crown? Will it be Michigan, who really, in street fight style, re- just beat up Alabama? I-, I don't think Nick Saban's team's been beat up like that in a long time, just physically beat up. Um, Double-digit tackle f- tackles for loss, the whole deal. Or that Washington bunch with that high-flying offense that took their foot off the gas a little bit uh, and almost paid for it the other night in a crazy game. What do you think? I think Michigan's got to score 30 to win, and I'm not sure they can do that. This kid, kid Washington, has can handle heat, and the strength of Michigan is defensive front and offensive front. Their defense is better than people give it credit for at Washington. Mm. So uh, if Michigan can find a way to score 30, they can win the game. But just pushing back and putting some heat on Phoenix is – because he'll get it off, he'll slide around in the pocket, he's going to make plays. And if they got to bring five or more to get to him, um, that means they're playing man-to-man in the secondary, and I don't think they can cover those guys. I just don't think they can. If they can get to him with four and control the game with that, then, then Michigan could win it under 30. I think it's going to take 30 or more to win the game. I'm not sure Michigan can do that. Watson, you happen to be the man. Thank you, brother. Happy New Year to you. It's great to have you back, and uh, we really appreciate you. Happy New Year's, guys. It's always an honor to be on with with you guys. It's special. Thank you. The guy brings it long and strong. He told me earlier today, he said, I I like being on your show more than playing golf, Tony, and playing golf is one of my favorite things in life, which I don't know if he's just, you know, being a head coach and blowing smoke at me or – but that's a great compliment to what we're doing here and he's so terrific Senko can you imagine being Jeremy Pruitt and watching this game Monday night and everybody knows that you told this kid who was committed to Tennessee that he needed to look elsewhere because you wanted to stay in the club well, I think uh, I think he's not the only head coach. I, I seem to remember Lane Kiffin doing the same thing, uh, letting a kid go to Clemson and then letting a kid go to Baylor. They turned out to be all yeah. One of them was Patty, and who was the other? What was the other kid's name? What was the kid at Clemson's name? Why can't I remember his? Taj name? Boyd. Taj Boyd. 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 That got then their program lifted up. 
then we had a then we had a guy uh, basically tell the family of Trevor Lawrence that he wasn't good enough, and he only went out and won a national championship as a freshman, became the number one draft pick. So yeah, it's uh, Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt is not in a club of one uh, when it comes to telling great quarterbacks uh, they aren't good enough to play here. We stayed in the club though, man, and and. and... If that Penix guy, whatever happens Monday, somebody's going to win a crazy championship because Washington out of nowhere is going to have risen from the ashes to cut nets down. Or that Michigan bunch who are just vilified and hated from coast to coast. I mean hated. Just the absolute heel. They cheated like crazy. They're going to win the championship. It's kind of next level when you stop and think about it. But you know, and I, and I want to, I want to get in there. After the game, it, it seemed like you and I got contentious about that game. I misunderstood what you said. I thought you said they were going to blow them off the field. What you really said was they're going to beat them up, and you were exactly right. Uh, you, you, I just misunderstood. What, I thought you said they're going to beat them by like five touchdowns. No, they did. They whipped them every single way they could. So. Uh, I, I apologize for misunderstanding you and and, and uh, being a little disagreeable, but you were exactly right. I love disagreements, Cinco. It's what makes the world go around. We're sitting in the world's largest barber shop, the world's largest water cooler. We are who we are, but thank you for that. We'll come back on the other side. Our do, 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 and you. It's all brand new, and I'm crazy for you after this. This is Coach Traders Golf from Columbia Central High School Football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. 
Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. The traditional first-year anniversary gift is paper. Yay! Envelopes. The traditional 10-year anniversary gift is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here? And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars. Now that's what I'm talking about. It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now for today's winning Cash 3 and Cash 4 numbers from the Tennessee Lottery. The first number is... The number you just thought of. The second number is... The number you would have picked. The third number is... The day of your wedding anniversary. And the fourth number They're only lucky numbers if you decide to play them. Cash 3 and Cash 4, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. We'll go to the phones, 865-200-5402. Before we do, Sean's got a word here because, look, Tennessee's in the portal, and they're looking to add to this team, and he's got something he wants to add about that. And maybe a thought or so about Watson Brown's appearance, which was excellent. Go ahead, Sean. Well, I think that uh, without question, the the tendency for most fans, including myself, is to say, "Hey, this let's just add this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy." And I'm old enough to have looked back at it. Like you take a look at the Yankees, you take a look at the Red Sox, you take a look at uh, the Washington Redskins with Dan Snyder. 
where they would always add the briny, the the bright and shiny new free agent, and it rarely worked with winning. It rarely worked, and be, and then and the other side of that is the old Billy Bean, uh, Oakland A's Billy Ball, where they went they went straight with production, and there was some success there. Their lim- their ceiling was they just didn't have the money to add to that, so they were able to do it with scraps, but but properly analyze scraps. So I think there's probably something in the in the middle uh, that you can do that. When you have someone like Evan Stewart, I don't know the kid. Uh, I wish him well, uh, but talent is one thing. Production is a totally different thing altogether. Um, and when you have a, a kid like him who has uh, many, many different interests, when it is pulled in a way, uh, has, you know, no one in Texas A&M is, is sweating that he's leaving. Um, I think you got to watch out for stuff like that. Because uh, I think, again, I would dare say, if you look in the past two years, I'm not talking about talent, as far as production, I bet there's not a whole lot of difference in production between what Evan Stewart did and what Squirrel White did. Pure production. Boy, he's got tantalizing ability, though. He is. He does. Um, but how many? How many times did I mean? In our lifetime, I can remember uh, Jeff George in college, uh, Drew Rosen out of you know Albert Hainsworth, um, on and on and on guys that had just unnatural talent, uh, but just weren't hungry. And, and, and it, it, it was yeah. always it always was if if you could just get a hold of it yeah but it, history is filled with if you the, if you could just turn that light on the light never comes on you know it's um who's the guy you want bry late on me bry bry's got a new name this for us the uh, dante cephas who played at penn state he looked like a guy you could stretch the field with. He didn't have a quarterback that was particularly great in getting him the ball, but when they threw it deep, he was the guy that was sort of could make a 60-yard TD catch yep. for them in an offense. He looked good in an offense that really didn't. So I'm just trying to imagine that guy playing with Nico in this offense. He'd be a great addition because I'm not sure Tennessee has the top-off guy yet unless it's one of those young kids. And 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 that's uh, you know because I don't think that McCoy's that. There's debate out there. Look, Mike Huguenin, who I love and appreciate, who I think is one of the biggest degenerates in the world, doesn't think the guy at Tulane is that. Um, you know, he thinks the guy at Tulane's like a fifty catch guy here, who's gonna gonna help Tennessee, but is not going to be the solution there from that perspective. So, and again, you're in a limited. A limited window here, and I'm doing the math. They still have money left from the kid that was going to sign here that they were going to pay seven hundred grand to. But we'll go to the phones. Well, but you, but you know the the I I don't think it can be overstated of how. Look, I'm not here to criticize Joe, but if you can't see in just that limited amount of time against Iowa, the difference in the pace. Yep. yep. And the difference in the efficiency, and the difference the difference in the focus between the offense with Joe Milton and the offense with Hendon Hooker and or Nico, I don't know what you're watching. And when you have an offense that's running at that clip 
and even more efficiently next year, wide receivers just get open. You don't need that one guy. You need three guys that can catch the ball. It'd be nice to have an alpha, but we've seen that before. You don't. The system creates alphas. To the phones we go. And let's get our uh, first call in, Factual and Furious. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tom Cinco, it's Charlie. Morning. Good afternoon. I Good day. Know. Good night. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I hadn't caught uh, much of the show. I, I got on right as Watson Brown was on. Dang, uh, I left my daddy alone at the Athens Stockyard. And whenever I come back, he bought four hurricanes that was disguised as cattle. Uh-oh. And, man, man, he, he wants them dehorned and tagged just like all the others. And me and the boys at the barn have been diving over fences. I mean, we've had a rodeo, but. <laughs> so, so in other words, in other words, some are, um, some are easier than others to tame Charlie. And he, he got the, uh, he got the, the, the most, the most rambunctious ones in the yard. Yeah, cause they're cheap. They they were selling for twelve hundred dollars, and he told me he says, "Boy, I got a bargain." He said one might be a little crazy. I said, "Well, how much?" I said, "What'd she cost?" Five hundred dollars. I thought, "Oh my god, who she murder on the way to the morgue?" I'm getting ready to get thrown over the fence a couple times today, trying to get my hands around these guys. Uh, but watching that game, uh, I, I wanted to to. I asked you and Cinco and, and Brian something. Uh, I wanted to see Nico. That's all I cared about. I was one of these that wanted to see Nico all year, even though Cinco and, and you and have said he wasn't ready. And, and watching him in that game, he he is small for six foot six. And, and Georgia and Florida and Alabama, yeah, he. I don't see him getting through that gauntlet not being hurt so so it was hindsight they was right to to not put him through that but uh watching that game and, and nico playing a great game and and we talked about his numbers not looking that great i think joe milton opting out was was nfl career uh correct move number one for joe milton if he'd have played in that ball game, even if he did have a good game, his numbers I don't think would have been. I'd hate to see how good a quarterback you'd have to be to have put up good numbers against that defense. I think he, I think he might have made himself some money by opting out of that. And and senior Bo, he'll have good wide receivers to throw to, and we know he'll blow that combine out of the water. I think that's a really good move on his pro. A career to opt that ball game out. What do y'all think? You know, I, look, I, I think that Joe Milton as a pro prospect is going to be a late round draft pick if he's drafted. I think these days people do their homework on you. Um, he he's going to look. He's got a big arm. He's going to be able to throw it. You know, and and do whatever he wants to do with his arm. He's going to wow people there. But those those folks now are investigators. They do their homework on you. Uh, they know kind of what they're getting. But it only takes one to fall in love, Charlie. 
It takes one to fall in love. And, and I look around the NFL, man, and I, the longer you go into any of those seasons, the more stiffs you see out there on a football field. And I think there could be a place for him in that game. Now, people before the season around here were saying he's going to be a first-round draft pick. In no universe was he ever going to be a first-round draft pick. But there's no reason he couldn't hook on and, and make a team. But it'll be as a late-round draft pick. Only takes one to fall in love. The Iowa defense and that whole thing, you know, we were going to get the production probably that we got, whether he played or not. That that was probably going to be the closest score of that game, whether because our defense essentially it's, swallowed um, them. Go ahead, Bry. It's kind of ironic because the stat line for Nico looked like what the stat line for Milton in some games this year. Yeah, that's and. Right. I actually think it would have looked similar if, if yeah, I, I think they still win the game if Joe had played. Yeah. But I'm glad it worked out the way it did because Nico needed to play in that game. Well, the difference between the Nico and, and kind Mil- of yeah. The, yeah. yeah. Well, the difference. Nico's only freshman or whatever, and yeah. Joe is a six year senior. The stat line difference, though, is that Joe got a lot of his numbers thrown underneath these games late when the games were over. Uh, Sean, you have a thought on what Charlie brought up? Yeah. Um, I do think there are NFL teams that fall in love with big arms and with um, with combine numbers. I, I think the reason you have a bunch of stiffs in the NFL at quarterback is because, unfortunately, they're the only ones that can process the information fast enough. I mean, you get the kid from uh, the kid that stuck around forever with the big beard from Harvard. Yep. Uh, I mean, he was, a, he was an average to best. I mean, the, the guys like the guys like Mahomes, the guys like Herbert, uh, the kid he's up and down at Buffalo, the guys that have talent and can process information—they're so rare. They're so rare. And then the guys like Kyler Murray, who are are just so such freak athletes. I mean, they can just get out there and ad lib everything. They're the exceptions, but almost everyone you take a look at. That's why Kurt Warner was such a became such a Hall of Fame player. You know, he was he was nothing until he got into the NFL. He was a I think he was an Arena Football League guy, uh, and then got in and, and Arena Football helped him because he was able to pick up the processing, uh, you know, strengthen that muscle, and then he became a great player. So I just, I'm not even convinced, frankly. I know this is, is blasphemy. But I'm not convinced that Hinton Hooker is a, a, a legit NFL quarterback, to be quite honest. Anything else, Charlie? Well, well what I'm I'm not I'm not saying so much he's going to the NFL, but but what I'm saying is if you're trying to get into the NFL, that Iowa defense is not the defense I agree that, with that you want that you want on film for the NFL scouts to look at. I, I agree with that. And, and what they sold him, that's what they sold him on the front end. Because people, people had this misconception that Joe just said, well, I'm going to play the week of the game. No. It, it was several weeks. They sat down with him and basically encouraged him to make the decision he ultimately made. But if he wanted to play in the game in his home state, they were going to play him. And if he played in the game in the home state, he was going to play 75% of the game because that's how our head coach is. So... Uh, essentially, yeah, what they did is they they sold him on. You need to you need to focus on worrying about what you need to worry about, which is the next phase of your 
career and your life, and we'll equip you with that. And and that's what they did. They early on they pivoted and gave Nico a lion's share of the reps, and then all the reps eventually. Um, and so essentially they ramped Nico up because Adam Sparks came on last week with us and and told us that leading up to the Vanderbilt game, they gave Nico 75% of the reps, and the intention there was to play him a lot more. And as we've talked about on the air, uh, Josh Heupel just couldn't help himself. They started scoring points, and he just could not help himself, which, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Nobody's perfect, but that is kind of his nature, and we're we're getting to know him a little bit. But, Charlie, you're right. Playing that playing that Iowa offense with our wide receivers, you're not going to put a lot of good stuff on tape, especially Joe Milton's not. I'm I'm thinking you know uh, NFL scout it gets in that combine and and one of these teams that like you know goes for the shiny object, they're going to say wow, and then they're going to go back and you're going to have the Senior Bowl and then the Vanderbilt game and. And, and then, and then you know the rest of them. And I just think, as a, I think he made a business decision and made the correct business decision on on not playing that uh, that uh, that Iowa defense. But uh, yep. this, uh, I don't, I don't know what to do about about a roster. Uh, uh, I'm kind of like you guys. I was listening uh, to the fifth quarter fan reaction. And it seemed like it was some, uh, it wasn't not desperation, but some excitement into trying to, to build this team up to get, to get Nico some, some help, uh, ASAP because it looks like we got a quarterback. I, I'll tell you what, it looks like the University of Tennessee is back in the big boy football business. Go Vols. I think that's right, Charlie. My word I would use is urgency. I don't I don't have desperate desperation is when you're flailing. My word is urgency. Uh add a linebacker or two. Urgency. Uh the kid from Temple's visiting today. Um a cornerback. Uh all league player, a couple years in a row. Urgency. Make your team better. It's okay. You can do that. Watson Brown said two things, two little nuggets. First of all, unprompted, he said, I would go add some wide receiving help. That's the first thing he said. The second thing he said, unprompted, was the hardest thing to do in coaching. He said they've done a really nice job, some of the staff, to get the program off the ground to where they are. They've done a really nice job. He said the hardest thing is going to be getting it from where it is now into being one of those playoff teams. Now, we've done the math on the playoffs. The playoffs, you think it's a 12-team thing, so it's just a top 12. It's not how it's going to work. It's not how it's going to work. In the Southeastern Conference, there's three spots available, maybe four. Maybe four when you start doing the math. So you've got to put yourself in that position and you you know how do you do those things well you gotta have players the, the guy at georgia's knuckle sit still and the guy in alabama keeps coloring his hair 
as long as he's spackling it on, that tells me that that son of a gun is not going, and he's gotten some work done. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. So we'll go back to our phones. It's it's interesting that Watson said those. He said, you know, it's really, this is the hard part now. Even with that great quarterback, he said it. it the hard part is going from there to where you want to go. It's, uh, it's going to be fun to watch because truly Tennessee is alive for that. Truly you can dream toward that. Truly we can all get up every day as Vol fans and think we are back in big boy, the big boy deal. No question. You get no arguments from me on that. Let's go to the phones, get our next call in. Hello and welcome. It's our Wednesday edition. Aloha, gentlemen. Welcome in. Uh, I enjoyed listening to Watson Brown, but I, I'm going to try to go down my checklist and not get sidetracked unless you, you know, when to ask me something, counselor. <laughs> go for it. Okay. First thing, I've got to tell you and uh, Dixon, i tell you what, I, I just finally went back and listened to the episode <laughs> of, of the bow game and watching Alabama and Michigan. It is, if anybody's not listened to it, especially the last, I'd say, hour, <laughs> two calls after me, I thought, oh, my God, that's when it was pure gold. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> we were so overly, I'm not going to lie. If you go sit around and cheer uh, for the SEC, you go for it. Oh and, and there are people that listen to me that are doing that. And, and more power to you. I'm not going to tell anybody how to think. Peggy, if you think for one second oh, that those Alabama fans would cheer for us, if you think they would cheer for us, Peggy, when we get to a playoff, there's no way in hell they're going to cheer it's for us. It's so unnatural to me. Absolutely. To I won't do it. And you're I won't do it. And it is so odd and peculiar. Co- correct. I want my conference to suck. I don't care. I it's want to like win my conference. It's like exes that date each other's exes and go on vacation together. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. What a great line. <laughs> Look, that's true. I thought, uh, uh, in the words of the great Tanya Tucker, one love at a time, people. And my main one is Tennessee. And I, you know, my gosh. And that analogy that Bino used, oh, my goodness, if it ain't the best one, about you can know somebody and dislike them or there's a stranger that you don't know, and who are you going to pick that if they're in a fight? <laughs> it's a great lie. Ain't that that makes it so I, easy. I was so happy out. to see them lose. So happy, so happy, so happy. Let me tell you this real quick. I I was, you know, I had had a call, and then I got off real quick, and I put it on where I was watching it. And I was sitting here watching it when you jumped up. (laughs) I mean, it scared me. You know what I mean? When those things like a kid scaring you or something, I threw my phone. That's one thing that made it funny, because I had to then go out my phone. (laughs) 
Peggy, I was screaming things coming out of my mouth oh, and that, that and I'm that not proud of. And Dixon was hooting and hollering. We were, I would encourage anybody to go back and listen to that. Oh, Just, my God. I, that's why I wanted to yeah. call in, guys, to tell people, if you get a chance, and one of the questions you had, Tony, I did go, you said, did anybody know a station or whatever? I went and listened to the whole Pine Bomb show that evening. Uh, I, the next day, oh, my goodness. I'd advise anybody, if, you know, if, if you can do the whole four hours, do it. If not, do the last two. That's when you get the regular callers, and they're into it. And, you know, that now Nick Saban's ready for the nursing home. As opposed to last week, you know, when he was out there getting ready in his exercise. And I don't know if you saw those videos. I love me. Down hey, with the team doing leg crossovers. I love you know, me some Saban. That guy is holding on for oh, dear life, and like, I got time know, for it. Darth Vader. I'm never going to retire. I got time for that. I'm never quitting what I'm doing. Oh, and so, I neither, honey. No, I, no. I said, I know that I found the no. right place, you know. No, I, I'm not quitting. I mean, I can't stand it. I, no. I can't even like Harbaugh, but look, it was easy to pull for them for me. But I listen to that. If y'all want something funny, go listen to the R3 and 4. It's worth it. But much love to y'all. I just Much love, Peggy. Thank you. Happy New Year's. You're the best. Hey, Happy New Year's. Y'all are fantastic. You're the best. And, and by the way, Jennifer Morris sent me something that night. She was like, you know, when you guys were just in full celebrate, she said that is one of the most hilarious like the sense of elation it's not fake if you want to sit around and you want to cheer for the conference let me tell you something when the dallas cowboys go to the playoffs if you think for five freaking seconds i'm going to cheer for the dallas cowboys you're out of your mind my 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 guy jack fritz does radio in philly we were exchanging texts over the weekend he says to me you know I said, Jack, who are you cheering for in this game? Well, you know, we really need the Cowboys to we really need the Cowboys to beat the Lions so we can get to two. This is before the Eagles lost. So we really need this a Saturday night. We really need, I said, Jack, you're cheering for the damn Cowboys? I mean, are you kidding me? No. Absolutely not. No. But Tony, I mean, they're from the Big Ten and and you know we're gonna compete. Who cares? Do you know what Georgia and Alabama would do to you if given the opportunity? Sean, do you sit around and cheer for Alabama in football? Truthfully, I don't cheer for anybody but Tennessee. Thank you. And in that game, I want to see, I like chaos. If If Michigan wins it having cheated, and we know they cheated, it's hilarious. I mean... There's no commissioner. There was nobody to do anything to Harbaugh. The commissioner of their league's impotent. I mean, there's you know, it's it's funny. It's gonna be it's gonna be funny to see that happen. And I'm not an institutional guy. I stand against that institution, the NCA. I think it's funny. I'm sorry. I'm for dark humor. By the way, one thing I want to get out into the record here. People laugh at me for saying this. Last night. Caitlin Clark, that Iowa team, 
played who did they play last night? Illinois, they played somebody. No. Who'd they play, Brian? Do you know that? Michigan State. Michigan State. Two pretty good women's basketball teams, okay? In their building and it was in it was in Iowa's building. I was flipping over to watch an episode of The Office in between periods of the Flyers game. Yes, I'm demented. It's like between the second and third intermission. And I flipped that um I flipped that Peacock thing and it had a little ad up there for Iowa women's basketball. And I thought, you know, that's Caitlin Clark. I'm gonna turn that on. Me and Anthony watched the last three minutes of that of that game. And he said, Dad, this girl's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good. She pulls up with time expiring from the from the logo at least 28 feet out. At least 28 feet. Nothing but net. And the look on her face was, I expect to make that shot. And I don't know if, if you guys, if any of you have seen that. I want to encourage you when she's on, watch that thing. Because I'm telling you right now, that's what Larry Bird, that's what it looked like. She's got no team around her. Brian, they didn't spend any money like uh, LSU did. They didn't even improve their team. Yeah, but they're still going to be a Final Four contender. With, she's insane. With her, just she's that great. Two possessions earlier, a, a, a big gal from Michigan State rebounded a ball inside. And Caitlin Clark went over two players and erased her shot and went way high to do it. I'm like, where did this chick come from? She's insane. No wonder she's the most popular. Can you imagine watching their offense in football? And then they have the greatest women's player. No wonder they're selling out like that. She sells out everywhere she goes. Mari Hanks did a thing with Global Sports. People laugh at me. You can laugh at me. Mari Hanks, who lives here locally, promotes basketball tournaments all over the world, said he's never seen anything like how quickly she sold tickets. He texted me and said, Biggs, I'm going to tell you something. This is insane. This isn't this this is insane this caitlin clark mania i want to encourage you as a sports fan that if you see her on sat there sit there and watch it for a few minutes and you're going to see a phenomenon that's what she is that's a sports phenomenon caitlin clark is to the phones we go not lsu who are buying their women's deal no 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 caitlin clark hello and welcome into our next call good morning tony this me Welcome in. Yeah, this is Jason from Florence. Hey, Jason, welcome in. Yeah, just a couple of things. First of all, uh, Watson was usual, great self, great, great show this morning. Uh, one thing I really agreed with is, you know, that we need to be patient a little bit. He's only going to get better. It may not be, you know, first game next year. You know, we're not, we don't need to hide with him. You know, right now, but, you know, he, great potential. He's going to be a good one. We need to give him a little time, not get too overexcited about it, but I love that. And I love the fact that he pointed out that, you know, he didn't act like it's me, 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 mm. whenever they did something. Mm. You know, that was, that was, you know, that, that tells me something about his character and probably how, why he's fitting in so well up there with the, uh, 
maybe the difference in the money and all that. But uh, on the on the NIL deal, I have no clue how much money they have available. But if I were the one looking right now, just in my opinion, everybody has an opinion just like they did Mustangs in the 60s. But I'm telling you, I'd spend some money on an offensive lineman. Maybe that tackle this out there right now and try to figure out how to get the best five on the field. Even if you get him and you already got left tackle covered, you know, you go get him. I, I agree with what you just said a few minutes ago. You go get a linebacker that can, that you feel like can either start for them or be very competitive to, to play a lot. And then, and then another defensive back, you know, if you got a chance, that's where you spend three on the receiver thing. I get that, but I think we've got the receivers. With McCoy coming back, you know, with Nico, you know, them growing, uh, I believe we've got that. If you bring somebody else in now, you know, who's going to play? He's only going to play three or four. And then you, you got a problem with, now you got a culture problem about who's playing. And, you know, he's got two really good receivers coming in as freshmen. He's got the kids from Tulane. I just, you know, if if I had to spend my money, I'd be trying to get those three three positions. Sean, what do you think? I'm gonna come to Sean on that. If you're prioritizing uh, by Sean right now, where are you going? I'm going to get a. Um, I'm going to get a an uh, another uh, a left tackle uh, that that potentially could be here multiple years. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a. Interior defensive lineman. It can be a disruptor for a couple of years. And frankly, I think I'm going to get either a linebacker uh, or another uh, tight end. How about yeah, that, Florence? I do. Yeah. Tight ends and it gonna be an interesting thing here as well. Because I think tight end's gonna be this kid's best friend, as we saw at the end of that game the other day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Didn't didn't mention that, but you're yes. You know, certainly they could use one like a couple that we've seen in the playoffs that can catch a ball block. Oh boy. Uh, you know. I, and I I won't take up much more time, but on the way out, I, I'll and I I waited on this because I don't want Tony to cut me off. Uh, Dr. Sinclair, you don't owe Tony any apology on that. He was very definite that Michigan was going to wear them out. And I'm glad that they won the game. I was watching or listening to the pre, or the post game show. Yeah. At the same time, I'm watching Alabama lose. Funny, wasn't it? I loved it. Yeah. I was, y'all, y'all were like, Maybe a play behind me watching the game. Right, right. So you knew what was happening. Yeah, you were like, oh, how are these guys going to respond to this? That's funny. That's funny. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was really fun. It was really fun. But, I mean, I love – I live in Alabama. I'm running amongst them. I love that they got beat. <laughs> and uh, I would have hated to have another week of, you know – talking about them this week but anyway well, guys, you, you do what i do hey, hey jason you do what i do like my cowboy friend fan, fan friends i'll act like um real classy you know around them but then when i get behind closed doors i am so freaking <laughs> gleeful and pumping my fit but i'll say to him hey you know you really played a good game and Dak prescott's pretty good and he's really plays well in big games and 
you guys will win the playoffs soon. You'll do it soon. And the whole time I'm sitting there sticking pins, you know, in my uh, oh, Dak Prescott voodoo doll. Dale, I mean, I mean, absolutely. Yes. I don't, I, you know, I don't try to make a big deal about it, you know. Yeah. yeah I don't, Matter of fact, I won't talk about it at all unless they bring it up. In real life, that's right. right. Yeah. Not on the air. Like yeah. I'm talking about in like in real life. I, I, I'll get into. Some, well, you know, it's okay. It, it's really, yeah. you know, it, you guys have a good club, and the whole time I'm thinking, you guys can sock it. Hope you I hope you never year. win. That's exactly right. Hey, thank you, brother. Good talking to you. All right, happy New Year. You know, uh, it watching the Cowboys put Jimmy Johnson in the Ring of Honor. Yes. The other night yes. was sort of awkward because Jerry Jones was talking to him and introducing him and, and knowing what happened about how his ego got in the way and split up. They could have won several more titles. They, they could still be winning. Weird. They, they would have won, Brian, let's see, they won how many? They won three down there, right? I think they won three. They would have won. I think Switzer won the first, won the third one. Yeah, that Barry Switzer won your third is everything you need to know. They could have won seven or eight. Uh, world championships. Fade left that left that team alone. But Leather was never going to let him do that. Leather tough. Yeah, they'd have been they'd have been like the Patriots of that yeah. decade. Leather was never going to let him do that because it had to be all about Leather. Um, eight six five. So a couple callers have mentioned that post game thing got kind of off the rails, and and we just you know I I knew like Iowa bowl game New Year's Day. You know, I'm experienced at this, you know, and and I knew three hours, probably what you're going to do. It is what it is. We stayed on for like four and a half. We just did the watch deal. We just kind of last 45 minutes. It just became about that playoff game and then any odd other assorted. It turned into like a podcast, which was kind of funny. Um, but we'll go back to the phones. And the thing that was fun about that deal is that all our contributors – had an opportunity to kind of jump in with us. Sean was there, and everybody kind of rotated through, and we just had a fun New Year's Day together, which um, which is really the essence of what we're doing here anyway. You know, I think sometimes people misunderstand me. I, I am really a community person first, and sports are the vehicle around which we create our community. Uh, but I'm really a community guy. Uh, that's... I just I, I like being here. That's why I like playing music. You know, music is a com- it's a community thing. It's you know I, I could picture myself 150 years ago sitting in some saloon somewhere, you know, hanging out with my friends playing music, uh, which is what people used to do to kind of entertain themselves. But we'll, we'll I'll tell you what. Let's do. We've got a full bank. We'll get to our calls. We'll do that. Um, we'll also. Uh, do some TLD logistics overdrive over time as well. It will come your way as we continue. The radio show is rapidly expiring. Fun calls today as we continue after this. This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to 101.7 WKOM FM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello from the Tillis Jewelry family. We want to extend our heartfelt thanks to all of our wonderful customers who trusted us to provide perfect gifts this holiday season. It's time for us to take a short holiday break from December 30th to ring in the new year and we'll be back open on January 9th. We've got an exciting year ahead and can't wait to serve each one of you in the new year. From our family to yours, Happy New Year from the Tillis Jewelry family on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia. Stay tuned for updates on Facebook and Instagram. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job and fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Football season is here, and that means tailgating starts now. Come see us at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard and let us help you get your backyard game ready. We are open Monday through Friday from 7 to 7 and on Saturday from 8 to 4. Go Vols! Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hey, this is Seth Moss at Tennessee Valley Equipment, a premier FAE Prime Tech, Bandit, and Shearex dealer. We are your dealer for all of your land clearing and forestry mulching needs. We sell equipment, provide repair service, and parts along with a rental fleet of mulching equipment. We also offer mulching teeth, blades, and sharpening. Our number one priority is getting you up and running as quickly and affordable as possible. Tennessee Valley is located at 300 Santa Fe Pike in wonderful Columbia, Tennessee. Stop by or give us a call today at 931-981-9812. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. In Tuscaloosa, we live by the blue-collar basketball motto. Stepping back, deep three, bottom. Hard work. Two on one, driving, stepping through, tough shot, got it to go. Dedication. Front court to the rack. Oh! And teamwork. Play the song for the champions of the Southeastern Conference. Join us for every game right here on your home for Alabama basketball. Right here, Saturdays on WKOM 101.7 FM. Get ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Cato Bar, Viho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state. Along with a variety of Kratom, Kava, and Glass products, check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com. Debbie Matthews Realtor and her husband Jason, who is a pro songwriter, also own a music publishing company. They live in historic downtown Columbia with their dogs. Dog rescue work is their passion project. They consider Middle Tennessee their backyard and their lives are full of all things Tennessee. Debbie says there is no greater honor than to help someone find a home. To be trusted with that job, there is no greater privilege. Call Debbie at the Nashville Realty Group, 615-476-3224, 615-476-3224. This is Clayton Harris and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Tony, be back with you. Um, my Twitter Spaces people know this. During our time out, I just made a call and got um, got a download from one of my sources, and I was uh, talking about specifically asking any new developments regarding the regarding the portal, and and, and I was told that. It looks like Tennessee is out on the Stewart kids, so they're gonna they're gonna join the list of clubs that are saying thank you but no thank you the other nugget that he gave me was it looks like they think they're done at wide receiver now and i'm talking about the portal 
the one caveat he gave, because I said, well, what about the Cephas kid from Penn State? And the one caveat was, well, look, I mean, if a guy like that calls you, obviously you, you can never say never. So if you quote what I'm saying here, I'm not saying Tennessee's done at wide receiver in the portal, but it looks like they're done at wide receiver in the portal. We could argue about that, go back and forth on that, but that looks to be where things are right now, and it looks like they're out on the Stewart kid as well, who, again, risk-reward, risk-reward, risk-reward. We're going to do a a a TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. To the radio listener, I want to say we're out of time. Uh, Sean Sinclair, we've lost connection with him momentarily. We'll try to reconnect. In the meantime, I want to thank the radio listener. To the calls on hold, I'll get to you. We'll kick it around. We'll talk about it. As I wish you a great Wednesday. Be blessed. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.